If you're going to college next year, it's time to fill out the FAFSA form, the free application for federal student aid. Colleges and universities across the country use the FAFSA form to allocate the $150 billion in federal aid available to students through grants, loans, work-study, and need-based scholarships. I'm Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, a contributing editor at Checkbook.org. Welcome to Consumerpedia. At Checkbook.org, we're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, you can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weisbaum. The FAFSA form is free, easy to complete, and gets things rolling for you from a financial aid perspective. Schools started accepting FAFSA forms for the 2022-2023 academic year on October 1st. And while there's no need to rush, you really should do this sooner rather than later. In this episode, we'll explain more about the FAFSA form, other options to find money to help pay for college, and talk about ways to figure out which school you should go to. Our guest knows all about applying for financial aid. Dana Kelly is vice president at the National Association of Student Financial Aid Administrators, and she joins us from her office in Virginia. Dana, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's start with the basics. What does the FAFSA form do for me? The free application evaluates the options for student lending, uh, student work study, both federally funded. It also will evaluate a student and their family on federal Pell Grants and other campus-based federal funding, such as the Supplemental Education Opportunity Grant. So essentially all things federal you are covering with the FAFSA, both self-help, which would be loans and work, and student grant dollars. Many institutions are also then gonna use this form for any need-based scholarships that they offer as well. So just to make sure I'm clear here, some of this money is free and some of this money is a loan that you have to pay back, is that correct? Exactly, and some of it is work. And when you are awarded work, you should not anticipate that work-study funds are going to come off uh, the bottom line of your student account. Those monies are only available as you work and are paid directly to you like a salary. So they're not going to uh, reduce the amount of money you owe the institution. So for someone going to school in the 2022-2023 school year next year, late next year, they should be filling out the FAFSA form right now. Why is it so important to get moving on this? Because you have a big window to do it. Well, the sooner you get this done, really the better position you put yourself in for making decisions on your post-secondary educational future by getting financial responses from all of the institutions that you're looking at fairly early, you then can ensure that you are making the best choice for yourself and you're doing it with all of the information. Whereas if you wait to apply for financial aid, you may get acceptance letters and then have timelines for admissions deposits. And that could force you to make some decisions without having all of the pertinent information. So sooner is always better. And isn't some of this money distributed on a first come first serve basis? Federal funding, no, there should always be the opportunity for federal funds. However, institutional funds are more finite. And certainly the sooner you get in on those, the the better off you are. There are also some states that will utilize this free application for federal student aid for making their own awards. And those also carry some deadlines as well. So again, 
Early is always better. Do I have to know exactly which schools I'm going to apply to to fill out this form? No, you don't. Actually, you can list as many schools as you are interested in. And if you miss one, you can always go back into the form at a later date and add a school. If something changes for you or you you know, happen to do a school visit and now a school is on your list that wasn't there before. So you can go with what you know. You can even add schools you think you might be interested in. Uh, It doesn't hurt for a school to be notified that there's an application out there for a student, even though they may not end up going to that school. You're being prepared. You're ensuring that they have it if they need it. And this is not a one and done. You have to fill out the form for every year you're going to school and looking for financial aid. That is correct. It gets a little easier in the following years because it will be a renewal form. So a lot of the demographic data is going to be populated for you and you'll just be filling in where financial amounts have changed. So uh, it, it does get a little easier on those repeats, but it is a requirement for every year. So I'm told that the first time you fill it out, it'll probably take about an hour or so. What sort of information do you have to provide to show your income? Uh, you need to have your tax return. I would encourage all students to utilize the IRS direct retrieval tool referred to as the IRS DRT. That will be an option for you as you are completing the form. So if you utilize that, it's going to pull back all of the tax information for you and your parents if you're a dependent student. If you are not going to utilize that tool, then you would need a copy. In this case, we're talking about the 2020 tax year. So you would want to have a copy of your 2020 taxes available. And also, there are some questions about assets. So if that is something that is applicable to you, you would want to have those financial statements available as well. Um The online help for the form is really good. And if you're utilizing the app, which is also, again, another really easy way to get this done, the help instructions in there are very good as well. If you look at the prices some of these institutions are charging today, it can be jaw-dropping. Certainly, my recommendation is never to discount an institution because of price. You don't know what internal resources they may have available to you, so really concentrate in the admission realm on fit. Where do you think you are going to be the most successful? And then certainly finances are going to come into play, but you may be surprised at what an institution may offer you in that regard. So don't let a price tag stop you from applying and get all the facts and then make your decisions. The FAFSA form is just to start one of many things people are doing. Is there money out there that's being left on the table because people just don't know about it? I think there are a lot of local scholarships actually that can go unutilized. I would also recommend that you know you are having conversations with high school guidance counselors about things in your area that could be available to you through the Rotary Club or you know any number of civic organizations that uh, may be in your community that you might have access to. Sometimes those do go unused because students don't know to look for them. And in small instances like this, you're not necessarily going to find those online for applications. You can do online scholarship searches. I would be wary of anyone that wants to charge you a fee. Scholarship applications are always free encounter one of these instances where they say for, you know, $199, we're going to guarantee you financial assistance. 
be very wary. They're more than likely going to supply you with something you would be getting anyway, like a student loan. Don't ever pay that kind of service and utilize your local resources and the financial aid office at the institution you ultimately choose to help you make sure you've covered those bases. What about families that might be listening to this and saying, we just make too much money. There's no way in the world we're ever going to get any kind of financial aid. Is that correct or should you apply no matter what and see what's out there? Again, I recommend you apply no matter what. You don't know the circumstances. You don't know how a school might be utilizing financial information that comes in through the FAFSA for making other awards. So I think it's always a really good idea to fill out the form, even if you think you don't apply. You're always making yourself open to utilizing a student loan, even though that may not be your first choice. There may be some instances where you find out that's going to be helpful. So again, you've made yourself, you've made it available whether or not you choose to use it. Is there an expected turnaround time, you know, a week, two weeks, a month after I fill out the FAFSA form when I might start hearing back from these institutions? Different schools are definitely going to have different timelines. It could take a few months. Definitely stay in touch with the financial aid office. If it's been a reasonable amount of time and you haven't heard anything, feel free to pick up the phone and ask, what's your schedule? When should I anticipate hearing? And they'll be happy to let you know. Consumerpedia Fast Facts. It's easy to see why the cost of college can cause sticker shock. On average, the yearly cost of a four-year public college is $10,500, according to the College Board. One year at a four-year private school is more, $37,600 on average. I know Congress made some changes to the FAFSA form. There are two questions on there that are still on there that are not being considered by schools. One deals with whether uh, males have signed up for the selective service and also uh, whether there's a criminal history. Could you explain what's going on with that and how people should deal with this? Uh, Yes, you still want to answer the questions truthfully on the form, but they're not going to have any kind of implication as they have had in the past. So you can still utilize the FAFSA to register for selective service, for example, but uh, it's not going to be a requirement in order to receive federal funding. At the same time, the drug-related questions, you should still answer them truthfully, but even if you have had a situation where you've been implicated in something along those lines, it's also not going to have a consequence. So you don't have to worry that you are putting funding in jeopardy because you had that circumstance happen. So as we all know, higher education costs a lot of money. Besides filling out the FAFSA form and trying to see what kind of financial aid is out there, what other kind of monies, what other things should families be looking for to help them defray the costs? Certainly there are, you know, there are merit-based options out there. If you are gifted in any particular way, there may be scholarships available that you should be looking for in association with that talent. Certainly athletics comes to mind in that regard. Also, there are academic achievement scholarships that are out there. They may have utilized a 529 plan, so they may have that out there as an option to rely on. For families listening that are not quite there yet, I certainly encourage uh, starting to save and create savings funds so that there is something for you to fall back on. 
if you are, you know, if you're already there and you're you're looking at school, just do your research, try to find as many opportunities as you can. If a student or family needs to borrow money to make this work, start with federal loans before you go to private loans because of the extra protections those federal loans have, right? Absolutely. Federal loans are going to uh, provide you lower interest rates that are fixed. You're going to get significant options with regard to repayment. And you're also going to get the um, ability to make payments based on income as opposed to just a flat standard rate. You can do that. You can do a standard repayment, but you just have a lot of options. So there's definitely some comfort there in federal loans, knowing that they want you to be successful in your repayment and they're willing to help you achieve that success. With this money you're getting through FAFSA, is any of this negotiable? If the school says we're going to offer you this much financial aid, can you haggle with them and say, I I really need a little bit more to come to your school? You can negotiate with aid offices. Federal funds, again, should be awarded as available. So they should be giving you maximum amounts, certainly when you're talking about Pell Grants and Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grants. Loans, they may not fully fund. They may be funding loan just based on what you need, which is is not a bad way to go. But you can always make sure if you are looking at loans that you've gotten all that you are eligible for. With regard to institutional scholarship, you can absolutely negotiate. You can indicate to a school that you're my number one choice, but I am X dollars away from being able to make this work for my budget. And you can see, again, schools are going to award differently. Some schools are going to give you everything that's available and that's that, and there's not going to be anything else they can do. Other schools may have uh, the ability to make some adjustments based on request and or circumstance, which is a perfect segue to another thing, especially coming out of a pandemic. If your family is having difficulties and or your circumstances are different than they were, based on the information that was provided on the free application for federal student aid, you absolutely want to let the financial aid office know once you've made a decision on on where you want to go. And if you've got a couple in the mix, again, let them both know of what the circumstances are. So again, you're comparing apples to apples when making a decision. But if there's been job loss, if there has been uh, some kind of natural disaster where you have spent a lot of money on a home or anything that is out of the ordinary that has happened to you or your family, you want to make the financial aid office aware because they can utilize their ability to perform professional judgment, which means they can make adjustments to income and or the cost of your attendance based on your specific circumstance that can help you. That's going to make things better most of the time. So definitely let them know what your situation is, and then they will let you know uh, how they can help you as a result. My final question is more philosophical. We've all heard the horror stories about these horrendous student loans that people are paying off for years and years and years. Does there need to be a little bit more thought on the front end? Maybe I can't afford to go to a top-of-the-line Ivy League school, and I just have to lower my horizons a little bit and go to a really good school or some school that I can afford? I think so, yes. And again, this is more my personal opinion from working in the profession. In the 30 years I've worked, I have never really considered where an individual went to college. I am looking for the credential, not who provided the credential. 
So I think you need to, again, consider fit, consider the environment where you're going to be successful. And financing comes into play as well. Think about what it is you want to do. If ultimately your goal is to become a physician, then you know you are going to have a fair amount of debt, more than likely, uh, by the time it's all said and done. But you're also going to have a job that's going to help you take care of that debt. If you are looking for something that is not going to pay six figures, then you may want to consider how much debt you want to go into to achieve that credential. And there's all levels of pricing. And certainly you should take that into account so that you are happy, you graduate with a debt load that you're comfortable with, and you're in a position then to to move forward with your career. So I'm not discounting Ivy Leagues at all. They are phenomenal. And students who attend Ivy Leagues typically get choice employment as a result. But that doesn't mean it can't happen the other way. So price needs to be a consideration. You know, certainly your college education is one of the largest investments you will make in your lifetime. So you want to be thoughtful and you want to make sure you are not leaping before you look. What about the idea of starting at a community college and then transferring to a four-year institution as a way of stretching the family budget? Absolutely. If cost is really a concern to you, consider going the route of a community college first, getting those base courses in and out of the way, and then transferring all of those community college credits into a four-year school. Uh, You are cutting your costs immeasurably in that way, and you're still achieving the, the ultimate credential, which is a bachelor's of science or arts, and you've done it in probably the cheapest way possible. Want ratings? Checkbook has ratings for all types of services in these seven metro areas. Boston, Chicago, Minneapolis-St. Paul, Seattle and the Puget Sound area, the San Francisco Bay area, Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley area, and Washington, D.C. To find out more, visit checkbook.org. Our advice is always free. Ratings of local services are available with a subscription. If you live in one of these seven areas and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Get a free 30-day subscription by going to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. Is there free help available for people who aren't sure either the FAFSA form or just going to college in general? Are there some resources that we can share with them before we wrap up here? Most high schools are doing one or two financial aid nights during the course of a student's senior year. Take advantage of that. If you can't attend one of those, your guidance counselor is a great source to help you complete these kinds of forms. Colleges and universities across the country are also holding financial aid fairs or financial aid nights, uh, so you can look for those. And again, I will go back to the online help that's available in the form. Technology has come a long way and you can get the answers you need right there while you're inside the form and should be able to complete it without too much difficulty. We we do have a simplified FAFSA on the way uh, in a few years, so it's gonna get easier. Also feel free to reach out to the financial aid offices at the schools you're applying to and they are also um, very happy to assist in this process. That's a lot of great information. Thank you, Dana. Dana Kelly is a vice president of the National Association of Student Financial Aid Administrators. You know, billions of dollars in free financial aid are left on the table every year because families don't file the FAFSA form. It's something you should do 
and you should do it now. Well, that's this edition of Consumerpedia. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, we release new episodes every other Thursday. Another way you can support the show is to follow Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram and at MyConsumerpedia on Twitter. I'm Herb Weisbaum, Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. We're a unique nonprofit that empowers you, the consumer, to save money and make smarter choices. From auto repair shops to doctors, plumbers to vets, you can count on Checkbook.org to help you find the best services and avoid the worst. Local ratings are unbiased and accurate. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices.